Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the show for episode number two. Woo woo. I'm super excited to share a very special topic to my heart, something that I am very passionate about. I am not going to shy away from being raw and very truthful with you guys, so hang on to your seats. My name is Tina, and I am the creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. Welcome to my podcast. I love to share from scratch recipes, homeschool life inspiration, our homesteading journey, and just all things life with you. This is a space where we are going to get down and dirty, raw and unfiltered about motherhood, marriage, our culture, and our spiritual pursuit as believers. Thank you for joining me today. I am so glad you're here. And my hope is that I can be a blessing to you. All right, so you guys, I always try to prepare some notes and some talking points because if you know me at all, you know that I love to chat. So (laughs) I wanna make sure that I stay on task with you guys and really get to the heart of why we homeschool. So we started homeschooling Parker, uh, let's see, first grade. Um, He did kindergarten in public school. He completed his, you know, that whole year of kindergarten in public school. And we pulled him out after that, and we've been homeschooling ever since. And he is getting ready at the time of this recording to go into fourth grade. Um, I will be very uh, just honest with you guys about why we decided to homeschool. So there was really two things that were weighing heavily on my mind. And one of them was the safety of my son. So there was and is a lot going on in this culture right now, school shootings, bombings, knifings, um, people getting beat up. I mean, it's just this culture of violence that we're living in. Um, And I watched, watched a special documentary on the Sandy Hook shootings, and I was just brokenhearted, um, looking at these parents, listening to these parents talk about their babies and how uh, some of them lost their children that day in that shooting. And my heart was just torn up about it. And they were Parker's age, you know, uh, elementary school kids. So um, it wasn't just that documentary, but my heart just went out to those parents and I could feel their pain and their agony. And um, then, you know, you started seeing things all over the news about the mass shootings and things like that. Um, So that was a real, real concern for me, the safety of my son. And the other main reason why I decided to yank him out of public school was around 2015, 2016, when we started our homesteading journey, the LGBTQ movement really started to pick up its pace around that time. Now, this this movement of gays, lesbians, bisexual, that, that's been there for a long time, but it's been more of, okay, you do what you do behind closed doors, but we don't need to announce it to the world. We're not going to impose on other people that don't believe in that. But that started to shift. You know, even with us being a military family, you guys have probably heard the term, don't ask, don't tell. That was the policy in the military um, the whole time I was in the military, Army and Coast Guard. 
don't ask, don't tell. What you do behind closed doors is your business, but you don't need to tell everybody about it. Um, and you would actually be discharged from the military if you admitted that you were living that kind of a lifestyle. So it was something that just was not uh, talked about. And that started to shift around 2016. And, um, you know, Obama really wanted to institute the idea of allowing this in the military and really bringing forth this agenda as if it were okay and as if it were not a blatant sin. So I was very concerned. I started hearing and seeing headlines about the schools in our area that were considering this whole idea of shared bathrooms for, um, you know, gender neutral bathrooms and my son potentially having to share a bathroom with someone of the opposite sex. These things were very concerning to me and they were starting to stack up. So in a short answer, those were the two main reasons in the beginning in 2016 why I started heavily considering homeschooling Parker for his safety um, to combat this violent culture that we're living in that is oozing into the public school system and also to protect him from this LGBTQ movement that is really trying to infiltrate the minds of our innocent, pure children. With that being said, I have kind of broken up today's podcast into a few different talking points as far as why we homeschool. It's kind of evolved from there. You guys, I just knew I needed him out. I needed him home. I needed him safe. And maybe some of you out there right now can relate to what I'm saying because of everything that's going on in the culture. Maybe you're petrified and you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to uh, afford it. You don't know where to start. You don't know what everybody's going to think of you. you. You just don't know anything, but all you know is you are you have unrest in your heart about your children being sent off to these um, I like to call them indoctrination camps because that is essentially what they are now. It is quickly becoming um, more and more about indoctrinating our innocent children versus giving them an education. Like, can we just get back to the basics? Can we just get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic? Like, hello, uh, maybe some science, you know what I'm saying? Like, all this craziness that is being dumped into the curriculum for our children now has nothing to do with their education and it's warping their minds. So when I first started homeschooling Parker, I was possibly where you are right now if, you, if you're if you feeling this way. Um, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know if I was making the right decision. All I knew is I had a heavy heart and I needed something to change and I just yanked him out. I allowed him to finish kindergarten. I started doing research and I just pulled him out of public school. So it has, like I just said, evolved from there. And I am so grateful every day that we pulled him out of public school and we brought him home. So let's talk about a couple of the reasons um, or elaborate, I should say, on some of the reasons why I decided to homeschool Parker. So first things first, you guys know I have two children. I've got Lexi who is now graduated and attending college. And then I have Parker who is eight years old. And Lexi was not homeschooled. Lexi was a public school child her entire life. She graduated from public school. Um, I was a different 
person back when I was raising Lexi. I was a different mom back when I was raising Lexi. I was, you know, corporate America. I was, you know, climbing that ladder. It was all about my career. Um, and honestly, I just didn't know any better. And to be quite frank with you guys, back when Lexi was in public school, half the stuff that we're dealing with today wasn't as bad back then as it is now. You had a little bit of it here and there. You had fights at school. I mean, I had fights at my school when I was growing up as a kid. Um, you, It just wasn't as bad. And this whole LGBTQ crap and this, you know, all white people are racist um, and our country was built on racism theory, that just was not a part of school back then. So I didn't really have concerns um, for the most part about her being in school. So being that Lexi went through public school and Parker has not, um, except for kindergarten, I am really, I've gotten the opportunity to see both sides and to see what both of them are like. So the biggest thing is I wanted to be able to connect with Parker in a deeper way. I really felt like I missed out on so much of Lexi's childhood. And, you know, I really try not to kick myself for that. Um, the reality is things were just different for us and my priorities were different, but it doesn't matter. You guys know as moms, the mama guilts come in like all the time, right? It's just like, an, it's like this negative feedback that continues. Um, and you know, it's just, I, I still kick myself for that. I missed out on a lot of her life. You know, most of the time she was a latchkey kid because we were military, which meant we had to be to work super early in the morning. And we got home late in the evening after she already got out of school. So she was a latchkey kid um, and rode the bus home. Thankfully, the bus dropped her off right in front of our house. Uh, but she would have a house key and she would let herself in. She would do her chores and homework and be home alone for an hour or two before we got off work. And you guys, let me tell you, we lived in Alaska, okay? There was bears up in there. Like we literally had bears on our street in Alaska um, multiple times getting into the trash cans. And I had major anxiety about Lexi sitting on that street corner waiting for the school bus. Uh, in Alaska, it wasn't really even about... Um, uh, pedophiles and things. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was more scared about her getting eaten by a bear. So that led me into uh, getting her a cell phone at, I think she was like nine years old, maybe nine or 10, um, which that's a whole nother podcast because that was, that was error number one, um, getting the cell phone. And um, so anyway, I, I did not like that she was a latchkey kid, but I had no choice. I was in the military and um, it just was what it was. So with Parker, I really, you guys, it's just different when you homeschool. I am getting to connect with him in a more physical, emotional, and spiritual way. And I did not get that with Lexi. And it comes down to the simplest of things. Um, when I wake my son up in the morning, I crawl into his bed. He turns over and lifts his shirt and wants me to, you know, gently tickle his back. And I kind of sing our little good morning song. And it's kind of silly. It's like, good morning, good morning. <laughs> How are you this morning? I love you this morning. I love you. I do. Anyway, I just do these silly little songs or rise and shine and give God the glory, glory, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I wake him up. I open the blinds. I turn on his lizard's uh, cage light and I just kind of pop in there and I start singing to him and I crawl into his bed and we cuddle and 
we just ease into our morning. Whereas before I had to rush out the door, rush Lexi out the door. You know, that's just how uh, it was growing up with Lex going to public school. So we're not on anybody's schedule in our homeschool. We're on our own routine and it's just so much less stress being able to um, go with the flow of our natural day. And I really, really enjoy that. So morning cuddles are really important to me and I love them as you can tell. And our cuddles on the couch, you know, we do Bible reading and um, just regular reading and we cuddle up on the couch with a blanket. And sometimes after our school day, Parker's like, mom, let's watch a movie. And you guys, I've shared with him all of the oldies but goodies, you know, Sandlot, um, The Gremlins, E.T., um, Harry and the Hendersons, you know, all those things we grew up watching. That's good. You know, it's good movies with, uh, for the most part, appropriate content. And we'll just lay on the couch after school sometimes and, um, watch a movie, pop some popcorn. And it's just like serious one-on-one quality time that I get with Parker that sadly I never got to have with Lexi. Um, you know, we go on nature walks and we pick wildflowers and we have picnics outside just in the backyard. Sometimes we'll lay out a blanket and I'll pack a little lunch and we will do school outside and have a picnic at the same time. So it's just these little things that I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, I'm knowing, I'm getting to know Parker on a level, um, that I wish I would have been able to do with Lexi. So, um, another thing is, you know, so if, one more thing on that, you guys. So mamas, if you're out there and even daddies, I don't know how many daddies are going to listen to this podcast. I I feel like it's going to probably be more um, women listening to this podcast. But if you're missing your babies and you guys know what I'm talking about, if that's you, if you're homesick for them, if your heart hurts, if every time you drop them off at school um, or daycare or whatever it is, and you've got that frog in your throat and you're choking back tears, There is a reason for that. There is, you guys. We, maybe you are called to be home. You know, with the feminine movement, um, the feminist movement, we have just gotten away from why, why is it not okay to want to be a homemaker anymore? Why is it not okay to say, you know what? I don't want to work an outside job. I want to take care of my home. I want to raise my babies and I want to serve my husband. Why is that not okay anymore? I mean, not saying that you can't have a side job or run a business from home at the same time, but I'm just saying, why is it frowned upon? People say, oh, what do you do? And if you say, oh, I'm a, I'm a homemaker or I'm a stay-at-home mom, those terms are said in a negative tone more likely than not. And I just don't understand it. We have an amazingly hard job and we have an amazingly gratifying job being home with our babies and raising our families. We are serving in one of the most important ways. So I don't know and understand this negative tone that comes with that because I think it's very honorable. So another reason that I decided to homeschool Parker is to give him a better academic education. So there are approximately 1.5 million children in the United States that are homeschooled. I mean, that is a lot of kids. Um, And 
some people say, oh, well, homeschooled kids don't get a good education, or how can they get a good education or even stack up next to the public schools when they're being taught by somebody that may not even have a degree in teaching, or I've heard that so many times. But the reality is, you guys, statistically, homeschooled children do better on standardized testing. Um, they persevere in their college. They tend to have higher GPAs, and that's just fact. That is something that you guys can look up statistically and check out for yourself. Um, I'm gonna link some things in the show notes for you to uh, look at if you would like to, but I just wanted to go over some really quick numbers. So we're gonna look at public school, Catholic schools, private schools, and then homeschool. So when we look at um, ACT composites, uh, homeschooled children are at 26.5%. Public school is at 25%. Um, for the sake of the podcast, I won't do Catholic and private. Um, I'm not really sure why they've got <laughs> it broken down the way that they do. But, you know, obviously, in my opinion, private school, if you cannot homeschool, if you absolutely cannot homeschool for whatever reason, I would say private school is a better option than public school, and we will talk about that in just a little bit. If I couldn't homeschool Parker anymore for some reason, I would never, ever put him back in public school. You couldn't pay me to do it. So I would find the best private school that I possibly could that was Christian-based in alignment with our family values, and he would go to private school. So ACT composite, public school is 25%. Homeschool is 26.5%. Transfer credits for public school is typically 6.6, and homeschool is typically 14.7. High school GPA for public school children, the average is 3.56, and homeschool children is 3.74. So just some quick numbers for you guys. Um, I am going to link back to uh, the HSLDA website. So for anyone that would like to look up some of these statistics for homeschooling or get any kind of information that you need for homeschooling, this is the website to go. It is the Homeschool Legal Defense, um, I think it's Association, and they are the ones that go to bat for us homeschoolers as far as like legislation goes and everything else. And what's really cool about this website, you guys, is you can look look up your state and it's going to break it down for you as far as what your homeschool requirements are for your state. Very, very helpful and a lot of really good resources in there for you. So I'm going to make sure to put that website link in the show notes so you guys can check it out. Um, the other thing with a better education in my, in my opinion is Parker is getting one-on-one -on -one instruction from me. Now, whether I've got my one child I'm homeschooling or maybe you're like, I've got three kids or I've got four kids, you guys, the public school, these children are sitting in classes of anywhere from 15 to 25, in some cases, 30 students per class with one teacher. Your child is not getting that one-on-one -on -one attention that they need that they desperately need. And in a lot of cases, and I can vouch for this because this was the case a lot with Lexi, if she didn't understand something or she was struggling, um, she didn't get that one-on-one -on -one assistance. She was just kind of uh, left behind to figure it out on her own. And then if her grades started slipping or she didn't understand the content or she couldn't pass the test, it was, oh, well, she doesn't get it. She's gonna have to stay after school and do extra work or summer school 
or, you know, in worst case scenario, this didn't happen to Lexi, but your child can be held back a grade. So when in actuality, if they just had a little bit of quality one-on-one -on -one time with somebody to help them understand the content, they would probably succeed greatly. One thing I found with Parker, uh, even with our homeschool curriculum, sometimes the curriculum will have me teaching him something in a certain way and he just won't get it. Like the light bulbs are not going off. And I will teach it to him in a different way and he'll be like, oh, I understand mama. Like. I have that ability to work with him one-on-one -on -one and to tweak that curriculum and help him understand it better. So just a quick example of that, even in our homeschool curriculum, when we were doing, um, I think it was probably first or second grade, we were learning before and after numbers. So if you've got number 62, what's the before number? The before number is 61. What's the after number? The after number is 63. I don't know what it was, you guys, but the terms before and after numbers, he did not understand it. He just could not grasp that concept. But then I started saying in front of and behind. So if we have number 62, what is the number in front of number 62? What is the number behind number 62 and for whatever reason just that switch in the terminology it clicked for him and he got it so the teacher that's got 25 students in her classroom does not have time to sit there and figure out what the learning style is of each one of those children that is just fact and i do want to put a disclaimer out there because i actually have friends that are school teachers um god bless the school teachers, the good school teachers, because there are a lot of bad school teachers, okay? There's a lot of bad school teachers that bring their personal bias, their personal opinions um, into the schoolroom, and I feel like that is extremely wrong, but there are also a lot of amazing school teachers that have a passion for the children, and I respect them wholeheartedly. So I wanna put that out there. Um, this is in no way bashing school teachers um, because we, we need them. That's the fact. Not everybody can homeschool. So we need the good school teachers <laughs> that are out there. So the one-on-one -on -one instruction and in educating him um, was really appealing to me. And, I, and I've really found that to be very beneficial for Parker. Um, another example of that is when we did first grade homeschool, the curriculum we used was a Becca and they were um, introducing cursive writing. And for whatever reason, you guys, Parker didn't get it. He he just didn't understand the cursive. He didn't understand the loop-de-loos. He didn't understand how come you go right into the next letter and you don't pick up your pencil. He just didn't get any of it. And instead of pushing him to do it every day, something that he just wasn't understanding and grasping, I just put it aside. We literally did not focus on cursive writing for all of first grade. And then when we went into second grade, I decided to go ahead and reintroduce cursive writing. And you guys, he picked it up like, like it was nothing. So it's just, um, it's just something like, it just goes to show that we have to go with the child um, as they are ready to learn the content. Sometimes, you know, even physically their brain isn't ready to conceive something and to receive it and understand it. So the public school system does not have time to slow down for that one child or those five kids that need a little extra time. They're moving on. And that's one thing that I really like about homeschooling is I have control and I get to tweak 
what we do as it fits Parker. All right, you guys, so the next thing that I wanted to talk about, and um, I would say that this is probably one of the more most important reasons why I decided to homeschool Parker. Um, this is right up there with, you know, giving him a good education uh, that matches our family values, that matches our Christian background, um, and that is protecting my son from indoctrination and the outside culture. Now, I think that one of the <laughs> most infamous phrases all of us homeschoolers hear is, oh, you homeschool? Well, what do you do about so socialization? How If they're home alone with you all the time, I mean, what about that interaction with other children? And isn't that important? And, you know, they're going to grow up to be weirdos if they don't interact with other children. Well, let me first say something. When it comes to socialization, Parker has so much socialization, it's not even funny. We go to church, we hang out with friends, we do um, a classical conversations co-op group, we do park Mondays, we do field trips, um, we meet every Monday with our classical conversations group and do curriculum. We, I had him enrolled at the art center where he was doing pottery classes with other homeschool kids. He did a painting class with other homeschooled children. Um, he does all kinds of stuff, you guys. And I would actually probably argue to say that sometimes as homeschoolers, we're trying to pick and choose what not to be a part of because homeschooling is growing at a rapid pace. So the amount of groups that are out there, I mean, you can just look on Facebook and there's just tons of Facebook groups on there. There are so many things to connect to because homeschooling is just growing rapidly. And it's really nice to get together and hang out with like-minded people. It really is. So socialization, Parker has plenty of socialization. The thing is, the socialization is with groups of people that Joe and I have vetted and we approve of. That's the big difference. I'm not going to throw my son in a lion's den with ghetto craziness, with uh, people that are violent, aggressive, um, way too sexually motivated. I mean, the culture that we live in, you guys, no. I'm not going to just throw my son into a group of other eight, nine, seven-year-olds just because he needs socialization. No, that's not how it works. He will get socialization, but he's going to get what I have vetted and approved. So he hangs out with people that are like-minded. Christian children with good parents that treat them right and train them right. Um, and I feel good about that. And he's doing just fine, thank you. <laughs> so that's what I tell people all the time. Like he's getting socialization, but it's socialization with people that are um, in our approved circle. And that's one way for us to protect him and to protect his innocence. Super, super important. So talking about the culture that we live in, you guys, um, being that Lexi was in public school, I did get to see the other side of that. And my child was introduced to things way too early. And she was introduced to things in the wrong manner. So, so here it goes. If my son is going to learn about sex, it's going to come from me and his father. And it's going to be taught in a godly manner. Because guess what? Sex was designed by God. Okay? The way that the culture and the world is portraying the act of sex is disgusting. It's aggressive. It's 
violent. It's self-pleasing. It's absolutely not the design that God had in mind for sex. So I don't need my son sitting on the back of a school bus learning from all these little hood rats or watching YouTube on their phones in the back of the school bus and looking at porn and learning how to do X, Y, and Z with the girl. Mm -mm. Ain't going to happen. My son is going to learn God's design for sex. My son is going to learn that women are not objects. Women are a beautiful temple of Christ. We are all, even men, we are all a temple of Christ. And he's going to understand that that girl is someone's daughter. That girl is someone's sister. That girl is a child of Christ. And she is to be cherished and she is to be valued. And you guys, I could almost get emotional talking about this because oh, our culture is out of control. And I am not going to let Parker learn that that is what women are and that that is what sex is because it's not. So the culture is sexualizing our children way too fast, way too early. And along with teaching Parker as he's ready to learn comes teaching him what he's ready to learn at the right time also. So maybe my son doesn't need to hear about this certain thing yet. Maybe he's not mentally ready for that yet. And I as a parent can determine when he's ready because who better would know? I live with this boy. I know what he's ready for and what he's not ready for. I know what he is mentally capable of handling and understanding. I don't need the public school cramming something down his throat that's going to confuse my son. I don't need them telling him, oh, how do you feel today? Are you, do you feel like a girl today? Or are you feeling like a boy today? Excuse me? No, I do not need my son confused. I do not need my son sharing a bathroom with a little girl that wants to pretend like she's a boy that day because her parents say that's okay. I mean, this is, this is a reality, you guys. This is the reality that we're living in. And for some of us in the country, it has not hit our part of the country yet. So we're like, oh, well, that's not happening here. Well, you guys, it's coming. Have you, have you looked at the headlines lately? Okay. It's spreading like wildfire. Misery loves company. Birds of a feather flock together. All of these sayings that my mama used to tell me when I was growing up, they are all coming to mind right about now. It's like who can outwoke who? Okay. I saw Lexi in school um, be introduced to um, all these girls that were all of a sudden claiming that they were bisexual. You guys, they weren't bisexual, they were confused. Okay, they were looking at social media. They were watching movies that they shouldn't have been watching. They were listening to music that they shouldn't have been listening to, hanging out with people they shouldn't have been hanging out with. So Lexi would come home and be like, Mom, remember so-and-so from, you know, seventh grade? And I'm like, uh-huh. And she's like, oh, well, she's bi now. And I'm, I would look right at Lexi and be like, she's not bi. She's confused. She's confused. And, and I would hope that the parents would sit down and unconfuse her. But sadly, parents are too busy pursuing their own goals and sticking their faces in their iPhones. That's just reality. So the sexualization of our children, um, especially at a young age, is, is absolutely at an unacceptable level. Have you guys read into the quote-unquote sex ed curriculum that has now been instituted in Washington State? 
It didn't matter. All the parents that protested, all the parents that went to the Capitol and tried to stop this from being passed, they passed it anyway. You guys, it's already been adopted in other states as well. And I really encourage you to check it out. I was so disgusted by it, I had to close out the PDF that showed the curriculum, okay? Let me just tell you really quickly some of the things that it talks about in there. And mind you, this is not just reading. This is illustrated cartoon pictures, okay? It's talking about self-pleasing. It's talking about sex in a way that basically encourages the child to explore that and to explore those feelings that they're having. Whatever happened to abstinence, y'all? Whatever happened to you don't do that until you get married. That is something sacred. That is something special that you share with the person that you marry. It, it's just not like that anymore. It is all about gratification self-pleasing. You guys in this curriculum, they're teaching these children how to masturbate. Let me just say that one more time <laughs> for the people on the back. They're teaching our children how to self-please and how to masturbate. Look, once again, sex is God's design. God's design was never for it to be a selfish act a self-pleasing act. It was something that you shared with the person that you loved and that you were married to. So no, um, just because you see something on your iPhone that you probably shouldn't be looking at anyway, doesn't give you the right to go self-please at six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And that is the age that they're teaching these children. Oh, you feel this? Well, this is how you can take care of it. I'm, I'm blown away, you guys, teaching these children how to put condoms on. And they actually have molds of a penis in the classroom. And they have children come up and demonstrate that they can properly put a condom on the penis and roll it down the penis. It's not okay. It's not okay on any level. These cartoon pictures actually show a kid in his bed with his hand under his, his covers and you can tell that the blanket's moving up and down because they've got the lines coming out from the blanket showing like there would be emotion there. These are the graphic pictures that they're showing our children when we're, they're teaching them how to masturbate and self-please. They're teaching them how to have conversations with the same sex if they are feeling drawn sexually to the same sex. This is how you talk to them. How does it make you feel? It is encouraging this, you guys. It's encouraging our children to sin. Instead of teaching them God's design for sex, instead of teaching them abstinence, instead of teaching them respecting that other individual's body, they're, they're doing the complete opposite. So it's very scary. Um, I do not want my son learning that. Now, Parker knows about sex. Okay, first of all, we live on a farm. <laughs> So Parker knows where babies come from, okay? And I've just always been super open with my children. Because if they're going to ask a question, that means, especially if they're going to ask a question, you guys, that means they're ready to learn about it. That means they've been thinking about it or they heard something somewhere. And that's kind of a really good sign if you ever wonder, well, I don't know when I should talk to them. If they're asking questions, it's time for you to talk to them. Because guess what? If you don't talk to them, somebody else will. By golly, somebody else will take that opportunity to teach your children whatever they want them to learn. And in this culture, 
that's scary. So don't shy away from being open with your children. Pray about it. And it's okay to tell your child, you know what? Mama's going to take 10 minutes. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. And then we're going to come back and we're going to sit down. And we're going to talk about that. Go sit down. Call your mama. Pray to Jesus. Whatever you got to do. Take notes. Make little topics. I don't know. Whatever's going to help you have that conversation with them so that you feel like you're not just blurting out things without really thinking about it. But you guys don't miss those opportunities. Because somebody else will take that opportunity. And nine times out of ten... It's not going to be in the manner that you want them to learn that, that uh, content. So there's just too much going on in the public schools. I heard horrific stories from Lexi about what was going on in the back of the bus, what was going on in the bathrooms that the staff did not know about. And now that we have the era of electronics, it doesn't even matter if your kid doesn't have a phone because they're getting everything they need from their friends' phones to include creating fake social media, or not fake, but to include creating social media accounts for themselves and accessing them through their friends' phones. Yes, man, we're going to have a whole other podcast on phones and children because <laughs> I learned a lot <laughs> with Lexi. Um, what to do, what not to do, what to watch out for. Um, it is the it is the entrance into the gates of hell, in my opinion, okay? Electronics is the entrance into the gates of hell. It really is, unless you're very careful with it. So indoctrination, sexualization, all things that are sinful in our Lord's eyes, that is what I'm trying to protect Parker from. And let me just tell you guys, another thing that we hear all the time as homeschoolers is, oh, well, you're sheltering your kid. You're sheltering them. So when they graduate and they go out into the real world, they're going to fall flat on their face. They're not going to know how to handle this. And they're not going to know how to handle peer pressure. And they're going to go wild. And they're just going to have sex with everybody. Okay, time out. This is the way that I look at homeschooling. I look at it like my garden. When I start my little seedlings that are precious and tiny and fragile and easily broken, I start them out in a protected environment. I'm very careful with the soil. I'm very careful with the way I water them. And I'm very careful how and where I grow them. So I put my seedlings inside my greenhouse. Why? Because my greenhouse is protected from the storms, from the outside elements, from the bugs that are going to eat them. The greenhouse environment protects my seedlings from being broken, from being killed, from being destroyed. And then when they get bigger and they're strong and they've got strong roots, then I can transplant them safely out into the big world. That is how I look at homeschooling. My children and I say children, even though Lexi wasn't homeschooled, my children have never been sheltered. I would venture to say that I'm probably a little bit more open with them than a lot of parents actually. There's nothing that my kids can't come talk to me about. There's no topic that I won't sit and talk to them about. And I, I do it in a, in a godly way, in a way that tries to, you know, gear them towards um, a godly light and the way that God designed things. You know, we're not graphic and disgusting and vulgar, but 
straight up, you guys. The other thing that they're doing in the public schools, you guys, is they, in my opinion, are overstepping their bounds. These are our children. That's my baby. So when your daughter can go to the school nurse and get condoms on the download because she's having sex with her little boyfriend, she can go get all the condoms she wants. And guess what? The school's not going to tell the parents. This, the school is not going to notify the parents at all. If that little girl goes in there and she has become pregnant, the school is going to point her in the direction of an abortion clinic. Or if that's what she's asking about, they will give her the information that she needs. They don't need your consent, and they're surely not going to tell you. I mean, Planned Parenthood, they're, they're good. They are sneaky, manipulative, and conniving. Now, this sex ed curriculum, what is this going to do, you guys? This is just going to assure Planned Parenthood's success. And it's going to ensure their cash flow keeps coming in. If we can sexually indoctrinate these children and teach them that having sex is okay, and oh, by the way, don't worry if you get pregnant, you can just get rid of it. No problem. And guess what? We'll keep it a secret from your parents too. That is what is happening. And it blows my mind because those are my babies. So when they have an abortion and they become sick or they get an infection, Whose insurance is paying for that? Mama and daddy's? Oh, I, get, I bet Planned Parenthood's not going to step in and help out then, right? So how dare them think that they have the right and authority to guide my child down that sexual path in any way, shape, form, or fashion? Like I said, let's get back to the basics. Reading, writing, arithmetic, science, history, didn't nobody tell you to teach my kid how to put a condom on. Thank you very much. And I understand that there are some families out there where children don't have that family structure, that they can't go to their parents and talk to them about sex and, and these feelings that they're having, or God forbid they get pregnant. But we're not talking about those families. We're talking about the majority. And we cannot sacrifice the majority for the few. Just because there's a child living in a, maybe an abusive home where, you know, she is dating and having sex with a boyfriend, she can't go and tell her mom and dad because they'll beat her. That doesn't mean that we take everybody else's rights away and now make it to where the schools get to intervene and teach our children that abortion is okay. That's not what that means. So I could literally go on and on and on um, I think about the culture and the, the state of our culture probably is one of the number one reasons why I pulled him out of the public school. Um, I, you know, it was the only way that I could protect my son. And the other thing that I mentioned earlier was his safety. Um, Lexi, when we moved to Virginia, she because of the school district that we lived in, she did not go to a good school. It was actually like straight out of Compton. Like you, I would go up in there sometimes to bring her something or I'd bring her lunch to school and drop it off. And it just looked like a uh, prison room with everybody. I mean, it was just, it was scary, you guys. It was not a good school. There was constant fights. There was bomb threats. There was children bringing guns to school. There were kids bringing knives to school. 
And the school didn't do a good job of protecting the children and communicating to the parents. There was one time I found out about a bomb threat at Lexi's school from a Facebook post from a friend. So here I am at home probably canning some chicken or something, and I find out on Facebook that there's a bomb threat at Lexi's school, and my daughter is still sitting in that school. There was no notification to the parents. There was nothing. I go down to the school. They've got the school on lockdown. They're not letting anybody in. They're not letting anybody out. Y'all best believe I drove my little butt down to the school board office downtown, and I raised holy you-know-what. I don't care if it's an automated message that's sent out to parents. I don't care what it is. I shouldn't find out about a bomb threat from the news media and Facebook before I hear something from the school. That's just one example. I felt like I had no control when she was in school. No control whatsoever. All right, so let me get off that topic because I'm sure you guys can tell I get super heated and passionate about that. Um, and we can talk about that more if you guys want to. You can let me know and message me uh, because that is a very hot topic um, and I'm very passionate about that. I'm a mama bear and a lot of you probably are too. These are my babies. So I'm going to say what goes and what doesn't go. And I'm not going to lose my rights because of the few. I'm not going to lose my rights over my children. Those are my babies. The other reason, you guys, that I am very happy about homeschooling Parker is I am building character and I am instilling godly principles and moral instruction with Parker. I'm creating a leader, not a follower. I'm teaching him to think for himself. I'm teaching him to respect all things. This, the public school system is quickly getting away from godly principles. You know, uh, half the time, you can't, you can't pray in school anymore. You can't get up and say the Pledge of Allegiance, or you can, but you can't say, you, know, you can't say one nation under God. Like, they they're stripping that from the schools. Anything God is being taken away. Everything Satan is being injected. And that should raise red flags for all of us. So with Parker, we do Bible reading every morning. You guys, he is learning the terms of the Bible. And I talked about this a little bit before, but he, he knows what the Pharisees were. He knows who Moses was. He knows about God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He understands the Trinity. He understands forgiveness. He understands heaven and hell. He understands right from wrong. He understands integrity. He understands when he feels something in his gut that that is Jesus telling him, ah, Parker, you probably shouldn't do that. And he understands when he messes up that before he goes to bed that night, he needs to get on his knees and pray and ask for forgiveness. He understands that relationship with Christ. When, when we do things around our home, you know, do every, Colossians 3.23 is one of my favorite verses. Everything you do, do it heartily as if you're doing it to the, for the Lord and not for men. And that's what I teach my kids. You're not supposed to do things with grumbling. That It's from the biggest task to the smallest task. Whether it's your chores, making your bed, doing your schoolwork, poop scooping the backyard. The Lord says, do not grumble about what you do. 
work at it as if you're working for the Lord, not for men. And that's something that me that I, I drill into Parker all the time. Oh, I don't want to poop scoop. If Jesus was standing here and told you to go poop scoop the backyard, is that how you would act? No, it's not. We, we would do it with a willing spirit. So that's the same way that it should be done for us. You know, with everything going on in our culture today, Parker can look at things and go, wow, mom, that's not right. Or Jesus says we're supposed to do this. Or Jesus says, you know, the other day he was talking about, um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but it was about a woman and she had a sexual outfit on, very provocative, very revealing. And Parker's like, mom, she's not an object. Like she's making everybody look at her like she's just an object. Like eight years old. He can recognize that. When we go to the beach and we're sitting on the sand, he saw this guy taking very provocative photos of these girls that were in very skimpy bikinis, thongs, and everything's hanging out. And Parker would be like, Mom, why do they wear that? And I'm like, I don't know, son. That's just how some people are. They, they want attention and they think that's the best way to get it. And he told me one day, he said, Mom, it's like a magnet. He said, I'm trying not to look, but it's really hard not to look. It's like a magnet. It keeps pulling me to them. And I said, Parker, that magnet is Satan. Satan wants to tempt you. He wants you to want to look at that, even though you know in your heart that it's wrong. And that's how he gets us. He tempts us. Little nudges here and there. And I just teach him how strong he is. How strong he is in the Lord to resist that. You guys, I can't even tell you, and there's just not enough time to really go into the differences that I see between Lexi and Parker. And I'm not saying Lexi's a bad kid. Lexi has grown up to be an amazing child and now an amazing woman. But Parker is recognizing things a lot faster at such a young age than Lexi ever did. So there's something to that. I never sat down and read the Bible with Lexi. God forgive me, I never sat down and read the Bible with my daughter. So there are stark differences between the way that they view things, Parker and Lexi. So if you want to see a clear difference in your children, I encourage you and I challenge you to start reading the Bible with your kids. Straight up. None of these cute little storybooks. No, break out the Bible and start reading the Bible with them. Now, maybe not Leviticus <laughs> or one of those Old Testament chapters, uh, books that are hard to understand. But right now, Parker and I are reading John. And we just read all about the crucifixion and the tomb and how our Lord rose again on that third day. And you guys, I'm telling you, you think it's too hard for them to understand, but it's really not. And the other cool thing is they remember stuff. You could just let the, your child sit down and color a picture while you read the Bible to them. And like a week later, they'll be like, oh yeah, mom, that's like Thomas when he this and he that. Or, you know, they're going to start reciting this stuff to you. So even when you think they're not listening, moms, they're listening. Okay? So dump it in there. Dump it in there any way you can. Because what does the Lord say? The Lord says, my friends, renew your minds every day. If all you're renewing your mind with is garbage, Netflix, social media, the culture, the news, if all you're doing is renewing your mind with that, what do you think the output of that is going to be? We are to renew our minds every day. 
whether that's reading our Bible, praying, um, listening to good, wholesome Christian music, renew your mind, listen to good podcasts that are encouraging and godly. You know, we, we got to balance it out. We can't just dump all the bad stuff in and, and put no good stuff in there either. So I wanted to um, let you guys know that I am going to link in the description of this podcast uh, the curriculum that Parker and I are using right now. We use Christian Light Education, um, also known as CLE. I've done some YouTube videos on this, so if you guys haven't seen them, go check out that playlist on my YouTube channel. Uh, what I like about this curriculum, it is teaching Parker to work independently. So I still give him instruction each day, but a lot of the work is independent, which is really nice so that I can multitask and work on my business or do laundry. And um, it's just really great for that. So I'm going to link that CLE curriculum in the description box just in case you want to check it out. Uh, another thing I really like about it is very inexpensive compared to some of the other curriculums that are out there. I'll also link the HSLDA website in the description box for you. If you maybe are new to homeschooling or you're thinking about homeschooling, there's some really good information there. And I always I will always encourage you guys, um, if you have questions or messages, please feel free to email me at tina at blessedandbeautifulhomestead.com. That's my email. You can reach me there. So these are some of the reasons why I decided to homeschool Parker why I love homeschooling Parker because the fruits of my labor I'm already seeing and why I will always homeschool him. And you guys, just a little side note, homeschooling does not have to take over your life, okay? Lexi spent seven, eight hours a day in public school. That was a full day, you guys. I homeschool Parker in two to three hours a day. Depending on what lessons we're doing, because I've, I've said before, we don't do social studies and science every day. We sprinkle those in around our daily curriculum, which is math, language arts, and reading, and Bible. Um, two to three hours a day, and we're done with school, you guys. And he has the rest of the day to um, play and explore and do whatever it is that he would want to do. And I really foster that uh that concept of allowing him to play and be free because he's a child. You guys, mamas, we know. We have our whole lives um, to grow up and be adults, right? We know this now. The kids don't. All they want to do is grow up, right? But now that we are grown, we know that we only had one chance to be a kid. So unless we die, we've got the rest of our lives to be grown up. So can we just foster that? Can we just encourage them to be children? <laughs> I want to encourage you guys today, if you're feeling like, well, I'm not qualified to homeschool my kids. Um, I once heard God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So let that sink in. Write it on your bathroom mirror, whatever you need to do. And here's a little secret. You were qualified to be a teacher the day that you had those babies. There's nobody better that can teach your children than you. Because who loves your children the most? We love our children the most. So we want what's best for them. So there are some amazing teachers out there, you guys, but nobody loves your children like you do. So you are the most qualified to teach them. And don't worry, there's curriculum. So if you forget how to do division and fractions, it's all right. I'm learning. I'm learning again with Parker. <laughs> so don't worry about that. When all else fails, we've got YouTube, right? Trust me, it's all going to be okay. Before I go today, I wanted to share just a couple of verses with you guys that I thought would be uplifting. The first one is Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is older, he will not depart from it. So 
it is very important how we are training up our children because I think that they will return to those roots. They will return to the foundation that you have built for them. Even in those years where they're going a little wayward and maybe getting into trouble or doing things that maybe you don't approve of, I think that if you grow them with this foundation, this godly foundation, I think that they will always return to it. And that is what the Bible is telling us in that verse. The other one is Deuteronomy 6-7. And if you guys remember in Deuteronomy, it's talking about when Moses came down from the mountain and he had got the Ten Commandments from God and he came down with the stone tablets. And this is what he is telling the people of Israel about the Ten Commandments, about the law. He is saying, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So what does that tell you guys? All the time. We are teaching our children all the time. When we're at home, when we're driving, when we're sitting on the couch, when we go along the way, God is saying that our job as teachers never ceases. We are always to be instructing our children. And like I said earlier, if we're not doing it, somebody else will. And with the culture we live in, that is a very scary thing. So take the reins on that and take control of that. The last verse I wanted to share with you is Luke 6:40. It says, The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. So this is a big one for me, you guys. I didn't want Parker to be like the teachers at his public school. And like we said earlier, there are some good teachers. But really let that sink in, okay? The, the, the student will become like the teacher. I don't want my son becoming like the culture. I don't want him being woke. I don't want him thinking it's okay to be a girl one day just because he feels like it. I don't want him thinking that it's okay to sleep with the same sex. I don't want him thinking that getting a girl pregnant and then taking her to get an abortion is okay. None of that's okay. And that is the stuff that's being taught by this woke culture that we're living in. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have a lot of flaws and I have made a lot of mistakes in my life. The Lord knows that's true. <laughs> but if Parker's going to grow up to be like anybody, I would much rather train him and have him grow up to be like me than some of these other examples that we have in the public school system. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. That was just kind of my raw feelings um, off the hip with why I homeschool, why we homeschool, why I love it, and why I will continue to do it with Parker. Thanks for hanging out with me today, my friends. I hope that this has been helpful or an encouragement to you in some way. Let's connect on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me at Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. And while you're at it, head on over to my blog, blessedandbeautifulhomestead.com. If you are so inclined, it would be wonderful if you could take a moment just to leave a quick review for my podcast at Apple Podcast. I read all of your reviews and I am so grateful for them. And also, don't forget, if this is one of your favorite podcasts, share it with a friend and spread the word. Until next time, stay blessed, and I look forward to seeing you on the next show.